Hello and welcome to our Christmas episode of Those Vicar Blokes. I'm Howell the Nerdy Vicar. And I'm Dave Coaches. So, and what have you been up to? Work, 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 you know? I've spent half the week in the pub. Have you? Yeah. Oh, you've been doing carol services in the pub, have you? Well, we've done some carol services in the pub. Yeah. But I've had ministry team social over at the Froomside. That was actually at Malcolm's house. But I had a few to drink there as well. Oh, that's all right. Um, and yeah, I've been, been in the pub quite a bit. Went in the pub last night with, uh, with a couple that are getting married. So you just moved into the pub all week? Well, different pubs. So I wouldn't oh, say moved right. in, but yeah, I've, I've, I've frequented the local hostilleries quite well. Oh, that's all but, right. But done a lot of carol singing as well. Yeah. In various yeah. places and, you know, out in the rain and all the rest of it. It's been good. <laughs> yeah, I did one last night. We did the Landguard Village carols. That was quite good. It was really sweet, actually, because these guys, because we did it outside the flats, right, up there by where the new scene yeah. is going to be. And these guys in the flats, they've got like these little balconies. They came out and they started joined in from the oh, balcony nice. of their flats. Yeah. So it was really nice, that was. Yeah. So I've done that, done all the carol services. Yeah. So we did them been on busy, Sunday. Isn't it? With all of the yeah, it's carol been, stuff. I, I quite like that, to be honest with you. So, yeah, it's a bit. And I'm looking forward to Friday because I'm going to see Dyard in the View down Longwell Green. Yeah, nice. So I'm super nice. excited about that. Well, I'm leading another carol service oh, in yeah. St. Saviour's Friday night, 7 well, o'clock. Well, if you don't want to go to Dave's carol service, which would be quite understandable, you can go and see if there's any tickets left for Dyard down Longwell Green. Yeah, so that'll be all right, isn't it? Yeah, you see his face they and he's like, no. They to the carol service. See you all at the carol service, St. Saviour, 7 o'clock. <laughs> ads, ads, ads. And, or you can come to, or we should do the ads for Christmas, really, shouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah, half past four and six o'clock for the crib service at St. Mary's. Yeah, and or then... four o'clock at St. Saviour's and St. Peter's. Five o'clock at All Saints. Oh, four o'clock at St. James Arnacton, I think. Yeah. Um, and then we got Midnight Masses. We got a, a Bethlehem Midnight at St. Oh, Peter's yeah. Watt, Peter's we at 9 p.m. 9 o'clock, yeah. Book of Common Prayer Midnight Service. That'd be good. So come along to that. But um, have a look on the websites. We'll put the links in the um, in the, the show notes for it for um, our show websites. Notes. Show, yeah. That's what they're called. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Show notes. So what are we on about on this podcast today, and Dave? Christmas. Christmas. So uh, I complain about um, secular Christmas, don't I? Yeah, then we have a little bit of chat about Christian Christmas. Yeah, I don't complain about that, though, do no. I? Then no. we talk about Jingle All The Way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and Die Hard. Die Hard. And, yeah, it's good. So hold on for the music. Oh, oh hang on, wait, wait, before what? you play the music. Yeah. I've had a complaint about the music. What? In fact, I've had several complaints over the 41 episodes about your choice in intro music, and apparently we need a new one in the new year. Who says that? Well, plenty of people, but mainly uh, m- mainly the cheerful chap at, at um, St. Peter's Watley oh, said this week. So no. I think we should have some Christmas music that kicks in now on this particular episode, and in the new year we should have something more jolly so as is less harsh. Oh. So... Get ready for the Christmas music. There's nothing wrong with my music taste. It's good. The the people don't agree and they have spoken. Uh, All right, I'll look for some new music for the new year then. Christmas now though. Christmas music. Hold on for the Christmas music.
Right, and Dave, it's almost Christmas, isn't it? Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. There we are. We're not going to be miserable now, are we? No. But not, not usually. Not usually. Oh, well, I think the thing with... Uh, with Vickers, I suppose, we do get a bit miserable at Christmas, don't we? We do, like, yeah. yeah. We, well, we get a bit tired and grumpy, don't we? Yeah. Have we seen that one from Rev? Have we seen, we're not reviewing that. Is the Rev Christmas special. Have you seen that? Yeah. I've seen I, all of Rev. I love Rev. I Rev's love great. Rev. I love that bit where... It's what inspired me to want to be a vicar, you know. Is it? Because he was so cheery and... Uh, <laughs> was loving it so much. My wife used to sing that bit. You know, at the end of Rev at Christmas, at Midnight Mass, he has this kind of breakdown on the altar, doesn't he? And yeah. he sings uh, the 12 Days of Christmas, and he kept on singing 12, uh, Too Much To Do, isn't it? Yeah. And there was that awful bit where he went to go around to see his mate, who was in the nursing home, but he got caught up with all these sorts of other things, and then she died before she went there. Yeah. And I remember saying to my missus, said, she's going to die before he gets there. And she goes, how do you know that? And I'm like... That's the thing that always frightens me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it's too much to do. Too much to, to do. do. Come yeah. on, you have to be a bit more energy. Oh, too much to do. We're recording this, what, the Wednesday before Christmas? Wednesday before Christmas, yeah. So we thought we'd talk about in our um, issue bit about the, not the commercialization of Christmas, because that's kind of boring in a sense, but the secularization of Christmas. Yeah. And how it's become a kind of, I would say, almost anti-Christian holiday. An anti-Christian holiday. Yeah. You wouldn't even go for a nominal Christian holiday. I would say, I would say that the secular version of Christmas is an anti-Christian holiday. Oh, well, I am obviously more hopeful than you because oh. I think it's a <laughs> it's a nominal Christian holiday. Well, I think it's not hard line between the two. Like, it's not like kind of like everything's a hundred percent secular or everything's hundred percent Christian. Well, it's kind of like a mix. According to the latest census, of course, you'd be right. Yeah, because there were, you know, less people who identified as Christian on this one, so therefore they don't even see themselves nominally as Christian anymore. Yeah, but people who would be no religion come to church at Christmas regular. Yeah. Mainly for the carol service. Yeah. That's There's something of... nice about carol services, isn't there? Yeah, I don't and think... so if you're listening to this on Friday, we've got ours at St. Saviour's at 7 o'clock on, on the Friday before Christmas. I've done all mine. See you there. Yeah, I've done all mine. No, but I mean like things like... Um, that was a well-timed advert. It, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, get yeah. the adverts in. Uh, but I think really what I'm trying to think is... What I'm trying to say is it's not kind of like you're either one thing or the other. I think it's kind of... We've almost got these two things pulling people in different directions. So you've got secular Christmas that pulls people one way, including ourselves, and then Christian Christmas pulls us in the other way. And I think the the gods that you're worshipping in both are the opposite of each other. I'm not sure that's true. Well, no, it depends what you mean by secular Christmas. Well, I think secular Christmas is um, really about things. What what the question is? What's at the centre of of secular Christmas? You know that. Well, I would say the centre of secular Christmas is um, time away from the ordinary, mm. which gives you capacity to be with those that you love, um, and go and visit those that you find it difficult to love. Oh, 
to me, that's what my view of how the wider world sees Christmas has been. Maybe. Or, I don't think... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's that thing about... I think what I'd say is at the centre sometimes of secular Christmas is the image, the worship of perfection. And happiness. Yeah, maybe. I think it's the worship of creating... Uh, a perfect day and a perfect event. Yeah, then there invite- is that about it. So I'm suppose I suppose what I'm looking at is the the four or five days that people really do for Christmas, whereas you're looking at the four or five hours yeah. on Christmas Day. Yeah, I think it's to do with finding, um, creating a perfect atmosphere, creating a perfect meal perfect children perfect this perfect that and i think that's what it is that thing where i only wanted christmas like nigella in it yeah it's that thing where you know we're sold this image of uh perfection that we can have do you know what you could have a christmas like nigella could you because you could oh because we are sat here right in your freezing cold study again yeah yeah, yeah. That is about the size of a decent larder <laughs> stroke pantry yeah stroke the area that nigella keeps all of those things that she says and pull out your whatever it is <laughs> it, you could change this room from a study into in nigella into pantry extent, yeah I, and you could do that. I, well, yeah, not everybody's do. got room for all of the stuff that Nigella has. But, well, I think but that's my are. point. I think that's what annoys me with secular Christmas is is and also annoys me with all secular stuff. Really, is it is fundamentally elitist. Yeah, it's it's for those who have, and for the elites in our society. It's for the people like you know Nigella who, who can have access to all these different ingredients and have all these different things, who have the good relationships with their family, who nothing has gone wrong. You know this sort of perfect yeah. life, and all the adverts um, kind of drive us down to that that thing of having a perfect day. With a perfect life. Yeah, I mean the Marks and Spencers advert bucked the trend on that this year, in the to the extent that it says, you know, why bother? Yeah, it just sort of like destroys it all. Well, is that's another? Yeah, that's the other um, god that's worshipped at uh, Christmas time is the god of nihilism, isn't it? Yeah, is that people who uh, don't want to have the perfect Christmas uh, end up kind of just hating it. Like the Guardian's always a laugh uh, to read at Christmas because you end up with these endless articles, think pieces they have about how awful Christmas is because they hate the the image of perfection, but they've got nothing else. So they just drift into this kind of nihilism. I'm going to have Christmas my way and all that sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. I don't suppose I've thought of it like that, but that's true. That is a direction that... Well, an, an alternative style of Christmas. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. do it my way. I'm yeah. going to do well. That's what that M&S advert was about, isn't it? Yeah, it is, is yeah. doing it my way because I'm not going to be. This. Yeah, but I looked at that is to be bucking the trend of trying to strive for the perfection, but actually, it's 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 not. 
It's not an opposition to that. No, it's about creating the perfect day with just me. Yeah. But what actually happens when you do that is you sit on your own drinking whiskey, getting annoyed and resentful with the world around you. Is that an option? It is. I've known quite a few people who've done that at Christmas. That was their plan. To kind of of sit there and be resentful. That's quite an appealing one in some ways. It is. People, we all like a bit of resentment. It's it's a great temptation, resentment. It it? is, isn't it? It 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 um, tickles our pride, doesn't it? But I've been told I have to be on my best behaviour on Christmas Day. By who? By my wife. Oh, well, because right. we got like loads coming, aren't we? So oh, you're doing I'm not that, allowed to be miserable, and I'm not allowed to oh. get. I'm not allowed to get ill immediately after the oh the Christmas morning service because that's the normal for me. You know, you run on adrenaline for a week, and then the <sighs> adrenaline stops, and all of a sudden you're yeah. I know. Like, oh, I got the flu coming in. What a pity. Yeah, no, that's that's why. I, like this year, we're going to see my sister on Christmas Day, but she's asked us down, and I said, oh, she's only in Portishead. So I said, yeah, all right, we'll come down. But I don't normally do that because in the past, when I've tried to do the big family thing on Christmas yeah. Day, is you're so shattered that you just you just can't you can't do both, can you? Yeah, but I fall yeah. into my stereotype then of being, being a bit miserable at home, <laughs> being joyful for everybody else and miserable at home. I used to have a friend who was a nurse, right, and she was so kind of angry with her family all the time and angry with her husband, but he was quite. You could see why she got angry with him, mind, to be fair, because he was a bit incompetent sometimes. But she used to get really angry. She said to her, I said, you're a nurse. And she said, yeah, I use up all my compassion at work. You know, so at the time I get home, I got yeah. no compassion left. You know? Yeah. So maybe you're a bit like that, Lenny. Yeah, it feels like that sometimes. I fall asleep in front of Doctor Who I used to every year. Yeah. So I was just like, oh. Well, I do that every every afternoon. What, fall asleep? Well, not in front of Doctor Who, but fall asleep every afternoon. Fall asleep in front of the countdown or something. In the time that I've got at home with the wife and kids, I say I'm like asleep. (laughs) Not normally during countdown. No, normally after countdown. I still have Because I like countdown. Yeah, we're not going to go down that road. But um, with. I remember when I. I did better than the contestants this week. Did it? Two days. Oh, right. Two days on, on, on the maths. Well, two of them were maths teachers, and I got the answer, and they never. Oh, I'm good I was, at like, the maths. I was, like, so happy with myself. But I'm dyslexic, so I can't do the, 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 the words bit. Yeah. So getting back to Christmas is, I think that's what, the thing that the thing that we see with with um, the secular Christmas is what's at the centre of it. I think it's either the God of perfection or it's the God of consumption, which is basically the God of me, isn't it? Yeah. Me, me, me. And I think that's actually they're quite dark things, aren't they? Because if we reach for perfection, we're always going to fail and then feel guilty. And we'll feel bad that we're not what we should be. Because yeah. we have to achieve. Yeah. Right? yeah. Or it's the God of me, which isn't going to work because it doesn't matter what you consume or what you what you do. Um it, it never ends well, does it? No. No, we do put an awful lot of pressure on ourselves for for one day, don't we? Yeah, it's An like... awful lot of pressure. An unhealthy amount of pressure for getting things perfect. It's like a wedding, isn't it? Yeah. Your wedding, I always say, your wedding won't be perfect because I'm involved. Oh, well, I use completely the opposite line to that. What's yours, Anne? 
your wedding's going to be fantastic because I'm guiding you through it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But I don't get complaints. They all seem to like my wedding, so there you go. So, yeah, you know. But, yeah, I think... I think I I, I really struggle, I think, with secular Christmas just because yeah. I spend... And it must be the same for you as well. We spend most of December, and I have for the last 19 years now, with people who aren't looking forward to Christmas for very, very good reasons. And I see the damage that those messages... Yeah, I feel really guilty about that, the fact that I can't be overexcited about Christmas because it's such a great time. But you're not overexcited about the secular Christmas? No. But, actually, but then I'm also not overexcited in the same way about the the, the religious elements of it, the faith elements of it. Um, because there's too much energy going into getting those things perfect and right. Ah, All so- the pressure is still there. All right, that's interesting. You know, you've got to do a good carol service. You've got to do a good crib service. You've got to get your sermon spot on. You've got to get it all so you think, right. So the God of perfection and achievement is actually in, in the church as well? Yeah. Well, I'd agree with that sometimes, yeah. Where do you think that comes from then? I think it comes from a good place that's gone wrong. It comes from the good place of trying to give God your best and to actually show people that you might not see for most of the year um, the best side of the church that they can see and the best side of... Uh, and to, to try and capture their joy at being there in, 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 the, dire- in the right direction, focused on Christ. But isn't that the same with all the other things? Isn't that the same with all with the secular stuff, like having the perfect day? That's goodness gone wrong. That's the essence of evil, isn't it? Most evil in the world is is created or is is done in with the best of intentions. It's goodness gone wrong. That's what evil is. Well, that's the picture of of evil, isn't it? That's what the you know the fallen angel type things all about is something that's really good, really pure, really holy, um, as, as slipped and, and fallen into darkness and corruption, corruption. Yeah. You know, it's because we have the best of intentions and you want to do the best for your family. You end up wanting to create this perfect day, perfect thing and the perfect presence and the perfect this. Because you love your family. Yeah. You even want the perfect family arguments, don't you? Well, yeah. Perfect. Well, well, the ones you win or something, isn't it? You can't win the family argument, though. It's impossible. But um, our our goal should be peace, not winning. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's that thing where, yeah, that does come into the church where people do almost do it as like entertainment. They want the service to be entertaining. And I think the best Christmas services, we'll talk about this a bit more after the break, really, are the ones where we as clergy and parishioners get out of the way and let God do his thing. Yeah. That's the essence of a Christmas liturgy, actually, is we get out of the way and let God do his thing. And I I think that the temptation is for us to, create a production rather than a, a service 
And I think that pressure comes from within the church more than from without. The people who come want to sing the carols nicely, be, do something traditional, because they Oh, like I'm not it. sure they want to sing them nicely. They just want to sing uh, them. Uh, look, I'll, I'll <laughs> quantify that. So we had carols in various places last Sunday, um, two services which I was involved in and gave a reflection. The people of the ch both churches didn't actually want a reflection, but they got one anyway. Yeah. The same one twice, you know. Yeah. Consecutive services. Um, and people did sing the carols in church, but then I went to the carols in the Globe on Sunday night. Oh, yeah. And people sang them far less in tune, but really very enthusiastically. And then on Monday night, round the new estate in Culpit Heath, yeah. again, 25 people singing them enthusiastically, but not necessarily in tune and wandering around in the pouring rain, but still not yeah. necessarily nicely, but well, I mean, you want to joyfully, sing... yeah, triumphantly, yeah. maybe, yeah. But I, I don't know what the, the right word is. That's the essence of it all. I need a new superlative for them, but it, it, we did it at Ladin Garden Village last night. We did carols with about 50 odd people, we sang them. But it's actually, this is the thing, maybe in England as well, have a go at the English here, is um, song in England is an elite thing. It's something that people who can sing, sing. Yeah, but I think that's where carols are a great leveller when they're done in that. Yeah. I think that tradition of English raucous, music has I been... I suppose maybe raucous yeah. is the right word. But But that's how we sing everything in Wales. But I think in England, I think that tradition of song has been taken away from you. And I think it's only really in carols that you can still have that tradition of song where everybody can sing regardless of whether you're a good singer or not. Yeah. Do, do you see what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's sometimes what happens in churches with this performance thing. It becomes an elite thing where the people who know what they're doing, who are the people who do the performance, that we can then, we as rather than as congregation, people become an audience rather than participating in it. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Because it's too tidy, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's across the board. That's not like, that's across all different things. You know, high church, low church, charismatic, whatever. One thing I have learned over the years is that that is across the board. Yeah. So that's our thoughts on secular Christmas. Um, bit all over the place, maybe, but there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah, we might have gone off track a little a bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah. But I think the question is, is, if we don't have something good in the centre, um, what we end up with is either going for perfection, which fails, and then we drift into resentment instead. And um, we do put the wrong things in the centre for the best of intentions. Yeah. So thanks for listening to those Vicar Blokes. Don't forget to subscribe and share around with your mates and like it. It always helps us out and talk about it. You know, have a chat with your mates, say, oh, we listen to this. I keep on bumping into people that talk to me about uh, saying it's pretty good. So maybe people who don't think it's good don't talk to me. So that'll be all right, won't it? <laughs>
we're going to be talking about Christmas. So, Dave, what's the message of Christmas? Jesus. Jesus. Right. Everyone it's like says being Jesus. in school assembly, Jesus. isn't it? I put my hand up. The answer is always Jesus. Jesus. So let's think a bit more specifically. The big reading for Christmas is the poem from 1 John, The Word Becomes Flesh. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means that oh, I've almost broke into my favourite Christmas sermon that I've ever given them. Um, <laughs> I've given it a lot of times as well. I need a new one this year. It's like I've got one, which is about why I didn't get an at when I was a kid. And my missus is your day about twice. And she goes, oh, it's not at one again. It's just no. like, I'm just, sorry, sorry. 80-80 it was. Yeah. No, but, see, mine yeah. more goes along the lines of God. I, I can summarise it in 12 words. Right. God made man. Yeah. Man messed up. Yeah. Jesus came to put things right. Right. 12 words, see? And then I go on to explain those 12 words. As in, God made man. We're Genesis, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. God made man. And then we've got the incarnation at Christmas time of God made man in the person of Jesus Christ. Okay, right. God made man comes twice. It surprises people that bit. All right, yeah. And we've got several thousand years of man messing up. Yeah. And Jesus having to show that this is how humanity is meant to look Mm. um, in the form of putting it right. The new Adam, that's what they call yeah. it, isn't it? So he's, he's a second Adam comes yeah. in the person of Jesus, who is the person that we have failed to be. Yeah, so Christmas is all about celebrating God in human form, in human... So why is that important? Why, why is it important that uh, God is in human form? What makes it different from every other religion? Because... I was taught in school that all religions are basically the same, you know, and it's just about vaguely being nice to people, you know. Um, and why is it important that Jesus becomes a human being? Is Why is Jesus, Jesus doesn't become, Jesus is a human being. Why is that important? Because it sets the pattern and the model for everybody else. Right. Um. He made us in his image, right? Yeah. So, so to, to um, inhabit his qualities, really. So we're meant to have the same qualities of God in our character, in, in the way that we are interacting with each other mm. and the way that we interact with God. Um, and we got it wrong. We still get it wrong. Um, but, but, God had to come in order to show us how how actually those qualities could be inhabited in human form. So it's to set an example. There's a large ex- exemplar element of it, but then that would be one of my more favoured atonement theories. Well, that's more Easter. It, it starts thing, at incarnation and ends at ascension. Yeah, but isn't it? Well, it ends at Pentecost. Really. It ends at Pentecost. Yeah, but isn't it as well to do with how God? makes the word the word which means the logos which is the the logic of the created universe right yeah so the logic of the created universe so the you the universe itself speaks of the love of god there's a word in that yeah which is the love of god isn't it Yeah. yeah and that essence of how the moral law of the universe speaks of the love of god doesn't it 
right? That's what yeah. we talked about in creation, yeah? And the thing is, the reason that that word of love has got to be in flesh because safety is not a Christian value. Because How if we, do you tie those two things together? Because, because Jesus is born as man, right? Yeah. Which is the incredible risk that God takes in coming to earth to seek us out and makes himself vulnerable in becoming a little child. Yeah. And shows us not just in being born as, as a person, but suffering from the minute he's born. Because he's born into crisis. He's no, born he didn't into suffer because no crying he makes. No, exactly. I've heard, right, it yeah, in, yeah, yeah. I've heard it in a carol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's why we sanitise it. That's why we've sanitised it. Oh, we're in a manger, that's in, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so that's why we sanitise it, because he's born into crisis, in a family in crisis, right? Everything is wrong. Everything is chaotic. He marginally ex- escapes a mass slaughter from yeah. Herod. yeah. Right, he becomes a refugee in Egypt and then comes out of it. Jesus's life is what they call a, a limit story. It couldn't be worse for the minute he's born, materially. So God is showing us how much he loves us in the life of Christ from the very beginning. So sometimes we think about the suffering Jesus, we think about the cross and yeah. things, which is which is wholly right. But um, it actually begins at the beginning where the Holy Family, Mary, Joseph and Jesus, show us that love can overcome um, even those extreme circumstances. Yeah. Which is the message of Christ, is that is that God takes that risk to trust Mary and Joseph to, to love each other enough to bring Jesus up in that family. Yeah. And he takes the risk that that in showing his love to humankind, right, that we will respond. There's nothing safe about Jesus' yeah, life. There's a risk, isn't there? Yeah, but we just yeah, tell him to do a, one, yeah. An expected response. Yeah. You know, we're back to the Garden of Eden all over again. Exactly. We tell Jesus to do one because we he gives us a gift we don't want. Yeah. So they say, you know, Jesus is the gift we don't want. But it's hard work. We do deep down want that love for each other and things like that. This is the opposite of the secular Christmas. Secular Christmas offers us the flashy, lovely present, which we really, really, really want, but then are fed up with it in five minutes. Well, Jesus offers something that doesn't look very appealing, but has a deep wonder and beauty about it. Yeah. So that's why it's the opposite of safety, because Jesus, if he, if God was interested in safety and keeping people safe, he would have been born in a palace with guards around him. If God was a God who was interested in keeping himself safe. Yeah. But it's not about, it's about selflessness. Exactly. And so to be selfless means to put yourself at risk for the sake of others. Yeah. And and that's what that's what happens at the incarnation. That's what happens with love. Yeah. Is it in any act of friendship or love, we put ourselves at risk for the benefit not of ourselves but of others. 
is offering of ourselves. That's the basis of all human relationships. True human relationships are based on self-offering. And that's what we've forgotten. Yeah. That's the opposite of the secular Christmas. Yeah, but we've been pre-programmed now to think of what can I get out of this? Yeah. You know, we've had centuries of what can I get out of this? Yeah. So we're friends with people because of what they can do for us. Exactly. Not what we can do for them. And we look at relationships like that. You know, what am I getting out of this marriage? What am I getting out of this? What am I getting out of that? We look at the world now in a commercial, transactional way. And God's the opposite. Because he doesn't get anything. He doesn't. He, he offers himself to us. He doesn't. He doesn't be born into our world to get something out of it. No. That's the thing, and he does it the way he does it. In crisis. And I think that's that's a beautiful message because it shows us that that love can transfigure all 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 of it. It has the and you must have seen that pastorally where you've seen love transfigure even the worst situations into something else. Yeah. It doesn't take the pain away. No, absolutely not. It don't, but it in some way changes the situation. Yeah. And that's what the light that comes into the world is, is that, you know, the light in the stable to transform the stuff. That's why the the news ramps up the despair and the darkness this time of year. It's trying to blot out all light and goodness. It's ramping it up. Yeah? Well, people of a different viewpoint would say that that appears on the news at this time of year because wherever there is good, there's always evil fighting hard against it. You're just assuming that the media's evil. Well, they are. Whereas I'm more compassionate towards them than I'm that. Not, it's not, they no, only report what happens in the world. No, no, no. I don't. It's not about compassion. Is it? Is it's actually? It's more compassionate to call them out as evil, because they've been consumed by the despair themselves. The compassionate thing is to is to see the reality of of. Yeah, but you're sounding a bit like Nadine Doris now. What? That there's some network of no, evil persons. No, 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 no. You I, know, working against against you're a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't think it's that. There you go. We're, we're back, back to last to... week oh. and your crackpot conspiracies. <laughs> I know it's not a conspiracy. I think I think that if if you it's that secular Christmas thing, is if you don't buy into the consumption and the perfection, all you've got left is despair. And that's where the media are at. There's sad people who've fallen into utter despair, and they just project that despair onto everything. And when you're in despair... I think it's much more sinister than that, but that's by the by. Oh, that that will be a topic for discussion. That's another thing. But I just think it's their worldview. Do you see what I, mean? I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it's just that that that's the the culture they live in is a culture of despair. So they just project that out. I think they have different motives. Maybe. I'm not seeing your conspiracy theorist now. Well, that's a conspiracy theory. Only because the media is controlled by the rich and the powerful. Maybe, yeah. Who are seeking to be more rich and more powerful. See, you said you were being compassionate earlier. Or you say you're being more compassionate. Well, to I'm news. compassionate to those that present it, but not those that control it. Okay. But I think, I think the message of Christmas really is that one though that 
is is God making himself vulnerable and love transfiguring a crisis? And as the potential to do that, the light that shines in the darkness. And I love that about Christmas. Yeah. I mean, in my... In my... Oh, I shouldn't say, because people won't come to hear it on Friday. Oh, I'm not preaching Friday night, Mike is. Um, in my Christmas carols sermon, I, I, I spoke about what journeys people are taking this oh, Christmas yeah. time and how far they're travelling and, you know, what that looks like. And then said, you'd think that you'd be the winner, right? But you're not, because Jesus is. Because what he did was he came from heaven to earth <laughs> at Christmas time. And that's having to transform across you know, completely different parallels in order to be here. Um, but I think it's, it spoke about, you know, the importance of that presence at Christmas time. Because that speaks across both faith and secular natures. It's the being with one another in, in love hmm. um, and seeking reconciliation. Because um, really that's what it's about. It's but that's about God's trying to reconcile humanity to himself yeah. and making a, a giant leap towards us, you know. Taking a huge risk. Yeah. And maybe that's the thing at Christmas. I'll be watching, I'll talk about Christmas films in a minute, but at Home Alone, where he talks to the old guy. Do you know there's a Home Alone 3? There's Home Alone 4 and 5. Uh, I, I, oh, don't bother what rubbish they are. They're I know I watched a bit of Home Alone 3. It's rubbish. I thought that's not the same. Where's no, you Macaulay Culkin? You know the bit he's talking to the old guy in this church? Yeah. And he says that he, isn't, he hasn't talked to his son for years because they've fallen out. Yeah. yeah? And then he says, well, why didn't you call him? And he says, well... I don't want to, just in case he doesn't want to speak to me. Yeah. And then Macaulay Culkin says to him, well, you, that seems a bit dumb. You better do it. And te- But he's, what he's doing is he's encouraging him to take the risk to reach out yeah. to somebody, isn't it? Yeah. And he does. And that's the essence of Christmas, is that God takes the risk to reach out to us yeah. in reconciliation. And each Christmas, each Christmas, he keeps yeah. reaching out to us in various different ways in, in, in the hope that we'll respond to that in a positive way. And that's the risk he takes, isn't it? Yeah. And we can then emulate that in our lives when we become where Jesus is born in us, that we can then reach out to other people, and that's always risky. Yeah. Which is why safety is not a Christian concept. But that's why the pressure comes on us at Christmas time. Yeah. Because we're very conscious of the fact that that Jesus is born in us and lives out, lives out through us. Um, and the way that we are, and that we that we know that only Jesus was perfect, and that's why we get under the pressure to do everything with perfection. But that's a wonderful as thing, a, though. As a Christian but expression that, that, of it. But that's the thing, we don't have to be perfect. That's that's the wonderful thing, isn't it? If Jesus is interested in perfect perfection, he would have been born in a palace. Yeah. Jesus is there with us in all the It messiness. wouldn't have been the shepherds that were the no. first to see him. No, exactly. The story says it's the rejects, the outcasts. And look at the wise men. We'll talk about that a bit more in Epiphany. I thought you were going to say, and look at us two then. Well, there you are. Like, oh, well, that's great. True. Thanks yeah, to we're, for yourself. We're, but that's the thing is, I remember I was on Songs of Praise once, right? It was a bit, were you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was on Songs of Praise once, and I was talking to this TV guy, right, about what it was like being a priest. Not on camera, right? And I said, I said, the best thing about being a priest, he says, I don't have to care. And he went, what do you mean? He said, well, I don't have to be ambitious. I don't have to strive to be 
the best sort of thing. I can just be the person who I'm created to be. Yeah. I don't have to care what I look like. I don't have to put makeup on. I don't have to care about all these things that you care about. All that pressure for your career. I've thrown it all away. Yeah. And he went, oh, but then you haven't got all that. I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm free. And he went, I don't understand that. And I like, I know you don't. But just remember that all these things that you're seeking imprison you. Yeah. And he went, I uh, quite like it, but I was like, okay, fair enough. But that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, so, and the last thing to think about is I what I love about Advent really more than Christmas is I love the excitement of morning prayer and evening prayer at Advent. I love the way that we call Jesus to be with us yeah. by all the names yeah. he's got in the Old Testament. O come, yeah. O come, Emmanuel, O come, Adonai, O come, O root of Jesse, yeah. all those ones. Yeah. Is in doing morning and evening prayer, you kind of get this sense of expectation of the yeah. light coming in. Yeah. You know, the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? Yeah. The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, be lifted well, up. It's quite interesting doors. though, isn't it? Because morning and evening prayer through Advent are pretty much done in darkness. Yeah. Because we're in that really dark period of the year with the season. I, I couldn't imagine doing it in the southern no. hemisphere no, with it really being weird. the lightest the longest days you know <laughs> yeah. it just seems like being the shortest days fits so well with the liturgy of you know the light comes in so and I always think you know that's the message of this time of year is, is that Jesus is born into our mess into the awfulness of our world sometimes um, that we can be born in us to be to have that great privilege of being the, the bearers of light into the yeah. darkest places yeah. See, so I, I, that's much better than secular Christmas. Yeah. See, I got joyful then, rather than miserable. You did, didn't you? That's disturbing, right? So, in a bit, we'll talk about my favourite Christmas film, or one of my favourite Christmas films. Yeah, I didn't like it. Didn't you? No. Oh, jingle More all the way after the break. We hope you are enjoying this Christmas episode of Those Vicar Blokes. Don't forget to come back to us in the new year. Make that easier for yourself by subscribing on Substack and you'll get sent an email to let you know when the episode drops. Um, Share it with your friends. Why don't you play it on Christmas Day in the afternoon instead of listening to the King's Speech? (laughs) It might have a bit more. <laughs> I'm going to say something. No, no, no. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Just don't hold anything. that thought. Don't hold that. Right, and so round it off for the year, actually, because this is the last one of the year, because we're back on, like, the 5th or something of January, aren't we? So we're yeah. not doing it between no, Christmas and we're New not, Year. No. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk about Christmas films. Like last week, you talked about the romance ones. Dave didn't like them. Um, no, I didn't like them. So no. this week, we're looking at a couple of Christmas films. First one is uh, Jingle All the Way. Do what you... do you mean a couple? We're only looking at one, aren't we? Well, you look at that one. You look at another one as well, if you want. All like. right. All right. Well. Well, I didn't like Jingle All the Way. Didn't you? Why not? No, no. Because um, because I'm funny. too much like Arnold Schwarzenegger, even though you're the one who goes to the gym. 
You're too much like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm too much like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> You're gonna be back, yeah? I'll be back. Yeah. So film. what way are you like? Um, well, because he does say it in uh, Jingle All the Way as well. Does he? I never noticed. Yeah, he that. does. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. Not in the same way. No, he does not in the same way. No. So why why do you? Why you... Well, because he's busy, isn't he? He's busy working. He's too busy to spend any time with his family. He misses all the family events. He's got all these excuses, trying to keep everybody else happy, um, except the people that should be important to him. He gets all his priorities wrong, yeah. doesn't he? And, and it was a bit too close to the bone for me. Yeah, because um, it's a bit too real, isn't it? Yeah, and he's not done the Christmas shopping he's meant to. He's not given any support to his wife. And his uh, wife felt, is that it, creepy bloke who's trying to come on to his wife it, as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he's like trying to come on to everybody's wife, and he? well, he's a beater, isn't he? That guy. Yeah, he's a he's a total beater. That guy. Yeah. yeah. So so it makes you feel a bit guilty, then, does it? Jingle it all does. the way. It does. But he he's desperate. Because we're like the, well, the Wednesday before Christmas, and I haven't done any shopping yet. Oh no, no. Oh, no, and I got a busy busy time coming up. So you know. Well, uh, my son always used to watch it with me. Uh, Christmas Eve when I came back from crib service when he was little. Yeah. And I think I used to feel guilty watching it, thinking, oh dear, because he never saw me in, they, the kids never see me in December when they were little because I just wasn't around. Yeah. Um, because I was doing work and stuff. But at least we were working for the good of people rather than just money and stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. So there's that. There is that. We can, Some slight consolation. Yeah. Um, but have you ever got into the obsession of trying to get hold of the must-have at Christmas? So? No. No. No, we've never got into that. Like no, I remember when I was a student, there was this big thing for Buzz Lightyear where people are queuing up yeah. and buy Toys R Us and that. But they don't tend, that doesn't really tend to happen anymore, does it? I don't know. I don't know what the must-haves are anymore because my kids aren't the age to have the must-haves. <sighs> I think it's. I don't think. I think that's more kind of noughties, nineties thing, wasn't it? The the so what happens on Jingle All the Way is Arnold Schwarzenegger is in work all the time. He selling mattresses, selling something like that, and he's trying to get hold of a a toy for his son, right? And he was told to get it weeks ago. It was like, what's it called? No, Mega Man. Or no, Mega no, Man's a Nintendo no, no, game, isn't it? That. Yeah. Um, uh, what's it called? I can't remember. And he corrects people who get it wrong as yeah, well. Yeah, that's it. It's basically a Power Rangers toy. It's isn't like it? a Power Rangers toy. It's Ranger, a Power Rangers it? toy. And he's trying to get it, right? Yeah. And what happens is the the guy who's the baddie in it, there's loads and loads of them available because nobody wants it, do they? Yeah. But everybody wants the. The, the toy, which is like basically Buzz Lightyear or Power Rangers. And he goes on this quest to find the toy, doesn't he? Yeah. But he can't get it because he goes through all these different crazy things. Like he even blows up a radio station, doesn't he? And things yeah. like that to get the... Uh... I'm going to look it up, actually. It's going to... Turbo Man. Turbo I just looked Man, it up. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Die. But you can see it. And in the end, Arnold Schwarzenegger becomes Turbo Man, doesn't he? Yeah, in he the does, parade, yeah. Which is quite nice. Yeah. I like that. Because it's a lovely message, Obs. At the end, he, he gets his dad back, doesn't he? He does. So he does learn that he's done it wrong and he comes together and he's reconciled with his family. And I think that's really lovely. Yes. 
So maybe that's what my son liked at the end is that like he got his dad back after leaving him in December. Yeah. And then you went to do midnight mass and then Christmas Day. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. it's, it's sort of as a fail like. So so you didn't like it then? No, I don't think it's too bad, to be honest. Um I think it's quite a sweet film ultimately. Um it's a little bit sickly sweet. It's a you know, and it's a little bit um stereotypical dad portrayal yeah um it is a bit yeah it is a but bit then kind of... when you feel that you live in that stereotype then that makes it uncomfortable <laughs> well it's a bit like the peppa pig dad isn't it you know what i mean we're all we're always portrayed now as being useless and superfluous really yeah we? yeah well, i i think peppa pig should be banned for that reason yeah peppa pig's got no respect for her dad it's but, a bad lesson it is but i think in arnold schwarzenegger though he is he is needed, isn't he? And uh, he's not superfluous, is he? The point of it is, is that he is needed. He is needed. needed. Yeah. And he's he has failed to be a father. Um. While you know he, that's his failure. That's not the expectation. Is that he, you know, he should be a father, and then he starts to fulfil it at the end, doesn't he? Yeah. So it's it's not. I know he's a bit of a useless dad sort of thing, but. He does learn from it, doesn't he? So I, I'm happy with that. Well, Peppa Pig's dad never learns, does he? He's just perpetually useless. Well, he's a pig, isn't he? Well, yeah. Yeah. Not like that woman rabbit one. What's the woman? What's it? Mrs. Rabbit or whatever? Mrs. Rabbit, who does every job in the whole yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not good, is it? So what about other Christmas films? My favourite Christmas film is Die Hard. And I did the talk on Die Hard for the carols, so I can't do it for Midnight Mass. Die Hard's good. It's been on this week. Has it? Uh, yeah, Die Hard and Die Hard 2 and Die Hard 3. Die Hard 3 is not Christmas, or is it? No, but they're all they're all on this week. Die Hard 2 was on last night on now, apparently, ITV 11 or whatever. Oh, right, yeah. On. Well, I'm going to see three, it. I I'm going to see it in the pictures on Friday, so oh, I'm right. well excited for that. But it is but it is the word made flesh, isn't it? Because... Uh, Bruce Willis takes the risk of love, but he can't. This is the thing: is Bruce Willis can't say that he loves his wife, right? Because he's a bloke and he's yeah. not good at that, right? So what he does, he shows that he loves her by putting himself in danger, and that's the essence of the Christmas story. Yeah. 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 And I think there's no more Christmas film than that, really that shows the essence of, of God's love for us by putting himself in danger and defeating evil. Yeah, yeah, probably right now. Yeah, and he does it in a really cool way with some good one-liners as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a really good film. What's your favourite one-liner from it, then? You must remember... Oh, no, one- I'm no good at remembering one-liners. Oh, I've been told that I'm not allowed to sit by my daughter in that because I'll just be embarrassing. Because I'll just I'll just mouth the one-liners and laugh at them all the way through. Go on, and what's your favourite? I, I it varies, right? It varies as it goes through. But there's this bit where one of the terrorists is shooting him through the table, yeah. and he goes, "Ah, no more table!" And he says to him, "When you have the chance to kill someone, take it." And uh, Bruce Willis shoots him through the table like that, and then goes, "Thanks for the advice." <laughs> Right, <laughs> it's brilliant, yeah. Or I can't say a lot of the one-liners on you. The other favourite one is where he puts the explosives in the on the computer, yeah, and throws them down the elevator shaft, yeah. And he goes, um, he goes, take this under advisement, and I can't say the words, so you know, there we go. Right, 
So yeah, I don't I think, remember those one-liners. I remember them being there, but I, maybe you've seen it many more I've times than I have, because yeah. I've only seen it a couple of times. I've seen it a lot. And not for a long time. Well, I've seen it a lot. So we've got that one. Also, another Christmas film, then, that you love. You must like Christmas films. No, I don't like Christmas films. I don't watch Christmas films. Home Alone's always good. I always like to watch The Goonies at Christmas. That's not a Christmas thought, film. No, but it's always on. Is it? Yeah. Christmas or New Year, it's always on somewhere in that. Oh, in yeah. that period Maybe. to epiphany. Oh, right. It's good. I like Goonies. Goonies. Are great. Yeah, but that's not... It's yeah. not really a Christmassy film, but it's nice. It's a nice tradition at Christmas. Mm. I saw a good one it. the other night, though. I watched it night before last, and went to bed really late because we watched it. Um, Violent Night, that was quite good. No, that sounds awful. Oh, it was I've brilliant. Seen that. It was really good. It was about Father Christmas. Um, it can't be good with a name like that. It was actually Violent flick. Night. Uh, yeah, it was about Father Christmas. It's you getting all romantic again with the wife, isn't it? No, watching a, no. It was watching great. a shoot em up. It was great, man. It was great. It was, um, it was basically uh, this family, which is like really rich, were being robbed by these sort of like very advanced sort of robbers, right, who came in with guns and stuff. Yeah. And Father Christmas was delivering the presents at that time, right? And Father Christmas uh, saves the day because in this reality, Father Christmas is an ex-Viking, uh... yeah, and he goes on... Kills them all. Polar Express. I love Polar Express. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lovely film. That's a bit soppy, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's a good one to watch with the kids, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit. Yeah. Anyway, TV next week. Yeah. We should watch the um. Well, for the week after, we yeah. should we should watch the um. We should watch EastEnders. EastEnders. We should watch the Christmas Eve and the New Year's Eve episodes of EastEnders. <sighs> because somebody is bound to get killed. Yeah, all right. We'll uh, watch uh, we'll watch EastEnders Christmas and New Year EastEnders. Yeah. Okay. That'll be good. But we have been asked to watch it, haven't we, on the thing? We have, yeah. Yeah, we have yeah. been watching. Uh, and we've got some new ones for the New Year. Westworld. You need to watch that. Westworld, right. Okay. That's my recommendation. It's really nerdy. It's about... Um, uh, a theme park which is populated by robots that are coming alive. Sounds it's just, awful. It's just a wild, a wild west theme park, right? That's populated by these robots. There's a wild west theme park in Derbyshire. There used to be. I don't know if it's still there. It's much more advanced than that because these are like robots that come alive, and it's all about what makes us human. It's it's phenomenal. It's on right. now. Have we got now? No. no. Oh, okay, you can't watch that. Then. All right, well, well... It must be on something, though, must Yeah, it? it'll be on something, yeah, you'll be able to find But now it's just uh, the Sky TV thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I got Sky. Oh, we watched so the Sky, it'll be, be on that on there. Yeah, yeah, it'll be somewhere. on that. I haven't got Sky. I've only got the now. Right. Yeah. Right, so, just to say then, uh, a Merry Christmas when it comes in a couple of days' yeah. time. And uh, thanks for listening over... Our 41 episodes. 41 episodes, yeah. Yeah, that's come along. I'm sorry we're taking a break for a week. Yeah, well, we'll do our best, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And send us in your um, suggestions, etc., and everything else. Hope everyone has a lovely Christmas. And we'll see you in the new year. See you in the new year. Mm-hmm.